Hi, I'm Michael Sheridan, Director of Sourcing and Sustainability at Intelligentsia, and you're listening to the IntelliSourcing Sessions Buyer's Notebook, stories of our coffees in the words of the buyers themselves. Today we're here with Jeff Watts, Vice President for Coffee and Green Coffee Buyer for Honduras, to talk about our annual La Tortuga release. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Very happy to be here. Today we have four simple questions. Let's start with the name behind this coffee. A few episodes ago we talked about our eye marks and the names that we apply to our coffees. Uh, you talked a little bit about La Tortuga, but maybe you can tell us uh, quickly again the full story behind where the, the name comes from. Yeah, this name, La Tortuga, uh, which of course means the turtle, is a name that uh, we came up with originally as a means of of referencing um, and talking about Honduras in the context of the rest of its Central American coffee producing neighbors. And the idea came from the old Aesop fable about the tortoise and the hare, uh, which really at its root is a story about perseverance and its, its moral uh, or its lesson is that it's not always the, the flash and the speed and the, the first one out of the gate that, uh, that wins the race. It's, uh, it's oftentimes the one who's steady and focused and uh, patient and, and doesn't give up. And you know, I thought um, we'd, we'd started working in Guatemala before that, and we'd done work in Costa Rica. And, there's a, you know, if you know your coffee history, those countries have a, a long storied history of specialty coffee production and El Salvador and Guatemala uh, specifically were some of the, the uh, early starters and were famous for coffee uh, generations ago. Honduras never had that reputation and so in a way, you know, it, all these countries around it had a big head start uh, and even in the early 90s when we were starting out, you know, people knew Costa Rica, they knew uh, Guatemala, nobody had, had talked about or was talking about Honduras. So the story seemed appropriate um, and it's played itself out in a really uh, exciting way. Uh, in 2011, Honduras passed Guatemala as the largest producer of coffee in the Americas. It's the one country that's really um, pushing ahead now uh, in production and in quality. Uh, recently set a record for the highest price paid in an auction for specialty coffee, which happened to be a coffee from the Caballeros. And it's, um, you know, I think it's very fitting that the Caballeros sit at the forefront of Hon this Honduras um, push into the world of specialty and its forward progress in the in the race for global <laughs> celebrity in the world of coffee. So it's exciting and, and very coincidentally, the first time I went to the Caballeros farm, as I pulled up into the driveway, you can, uh, you can guess what I saw. I'm gonna guess it had something to do with a, tor a turtle. They have a little pond <laughs> uh, right in front of their house and it was filled with turtles. Uh, so I, I knew we'd made the right decision. So you mentioned the Caballeros. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, the history of our relationship with them? Yeah. So they're they're one of our longest-standing direct trade partners. 
We've been working with them uh, closely since 2004. We met before that. Uh, we met, I think, in, in 2002 or 2003. Uh, but we kick-started our relationship in the same year that Don Fabio won fourth place in the Cup of Excellence with a, a coffee from Latina. And have been working with them ever since. Uh, so it's a relationship that, that now has 13 years and it's been, and I think it, it, when I think about La Tortuga also, I, I can't help but think about the Caballero's individual progress. We talk about the country as a whole and we're talking about what Honduras has done over the last um, decade, but the Caballeros are in a microcosm, kind of a a representation of, of what's happened and is happening in the country. Uh, their coffee has gotten continuously better over the last 10 years and it's really exciting that the turtle is is definitely running now, which is a sight to behold. It's funny you talk about the fable of the tortoise and the hare and when Honduras overtook Guatemala, I was working um, in a country that certainly uh, one of the hares in the story, which was Colombia. And Colombia started looking over its shoulder. At that time, it was devastated by coffee leaf rust and had mounted a national renovation campaign, and its national production plummeted. And it looked over its shoulder and saw the turtle just gaining on it and gaining <laughs> on it. It started to rival even uh, hares like, uh, like Colombia. Um, those of us who have the privilege of earning a living working in coffee know the caballeros, but uh, not necessarily everybody who listens to this podcast uh, understands who the individuals are. Um, can you talk a little bit about each of the individuals um, who make this coffee so fantastic? Yeah, so you know you have to start with with Don Fabio, uh, Fabio Antonio Caballero, who's the the patriarch of the family. He's the one who started. Uh, this this whole thing way back when and Don Fabio is one of the most beloved figures in all of our producer network he's somebody that I think and I've mentioned this before in, in some of the info sheets that people even people meeting him for the first time they feel his presence his warmth he, he leaves a lasting impression even after just uh, a single um, brief encounter, and he's somebody who um, really has has um, created around him a uh, a whole mini let's call it a city of coffee. Um, he's been a, f a central figure in the development of the town where he's where he lives in Marcala. He's been involved in helping um, stimulate growth and investment in the coffee sector there. Uh, so he, he really is a, you know, a central player in, uh, in this renaissance of coffee in Marcala. And his daughter, Maricebel Caballero, uh, she's graced the cover of Barista Magazine. She's become really a, a global ambassador for, uh, for coffee and for Honduran co specialty coffee in particular. Uh, she's somebody who's cut from the same cloth as Don Fabio, just always smiling, always full of life, extremely generous um, in in spirit and hospitality, and you know the two of them together just an, an incredible force, really. Um, and Moises Herrera, 
who is Don Fabio's son-in-law, Marie Savelle's husband. He's originally from Guatemala, but he's been living in Honduras for a long time now, and he had a, a background in agronomy. He's really the, the engine that makes the Caballero farming operations run. He's the one who is, um, is behind the scenes doing all of the, the heavy lifting with the, um, the operations. And so he's, he's somebody who doesn't necessarily usually get it as much credit as he should. Um, Don Fabio is, you know, is, is such an amazing figure to, to be out there. And Marisabel, you know, is, uh, she's been called the Purple Princess by some. She's, uh, she's hard to, um, you know, hard to ignore. And so the two of them have really been the ones who've been the face of the operation. But, uh, you know, we really have to talk a lot about Moises because he's the one uh, who is in the back room making it all work. You mentioned that their coffee set a record at auction, earning over $120 a pound. What makes their coffee so special? You know, it's uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's, you know, you have to start with the people. If it were not for Don Fabio's passion for what he does and uh, and commitment to building their coffee wouldn't be what it is if it were not for Marie Sabel and her um, and her positive energy and spirit that, that you know even when things seem difficult and they've had a lot of adversity over the years um, the family keeps going and Moises with his uh, his constant interest in tinkering his attention to details his I can solve any problem mentality and his tireless effort. That combination is a magical combination. And I think if you, you took any component out, it wouldn't be what it is. Uh, so the three of them together, I think, are what, what really make, make the thing run. And then behind them, you've got uh, a guy named Raul, who's been working with the Caballero family at the mill for 25 years. And he's a, a rock in this foundation, uh, and Amilcar, uh, who works with Don Fabio managing uh, all of the farm sites. And, you know, this team, I think it's sometimes you just get in, a, in an organization or in a business or in a family, you get all these complementary pieces that fit together just right. That's a big part of the secret of success of, of Caballero family coffees. Um, but beyond that it's stuff that you know when we talk about coffee quality we talk about this convergence of um, and synergy between environment um, genetics and management you know so if we start with the genetics the caballeros have uh, mostly a variety called catuai planted on their farms but also a splattering of Bourbon and Tipica and some Pacamaras, some Geisha. They've always resisted the temptation to go out and plant high-yielding, hyper-resistant varieties that are prevalent in Honduras, like Lempira uh, or Icafe 90, Icafe 90, which have some uh, Catimor um, rootstock. And they've stuck to these... Uh, higher quality heirloom varieties even though they know that they're 
de facto less productive and more fragile. So that choice and, and the coffees that they have in the ground, the trees themselves are part of the, the quality equation. Uh, they are blessed with land at uh, very high elevations for Honduras. So most of their farms are in the 1500 to uh, 1700 meter range in altitude, which is beneficial for quality development in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, it's somewhat, well, unfortunately, like decreasingly common in, uh, in Central America these days to find farms that have a lot of biodiversity and native shade. And the Caballero farms do. They, they've maintained a lot of the native um, trees that were in, this, in the land. They resisted the temptation to, to cut everything down in order to fit more coffee in. And that ends up having a cascading effect of um, beneficial effect of keeping the soil uh, healthier, keeping the, um, the trees themselves healthier and able, better able to, um, to maintain themselves. And they've been really forward thinking with the way they go about providing nutrition for the coffees. They're using, uh, Don Fabio used to have a lot of cows and so they have a, a organic compost that they make using cherries and other uh, biomass material from the farms. And so they're, they're doing it all right. They're taking care of these trees, which are great trees to begin with, uh, high potential for quality in a high elevation landscape filled with uh, biodiversity and shade. And these things together, along with the, the management, are what create the potential for an extremely high quality ceiling. And then the next step is the processing at the mill, and that's where they've, um, you know, I think that's where the t Tortuga name, once again, is very fitting because I've been watching and working with them for uh, for these last 12 years intensely and every single year that goes by when I go down to visit the mill in Marcala or in Chinacla they've made improvements to it so whether it's putting ceramic tiles in the tanks whether it's subdividing fermentation tanks to en enable more uh, batch separation whether it's in enlarging the whole processing area in order to bring more light and space and encourage a, a more high quality focus among the staff that's working there, investing in new equipment, upgrading their drying systems, putting in a, a micro mill uh, for high touch pergamino processing, uh, whether it's adding washing channels or soaking tanks, every single year they're doing something to further their ability and increase their ability to uh, improve quality and manage quality. So that hasn't been something that happened overnight or could ho happen overnight. It's just been a slow, steady, patient, deliberate, and consistent um, focus on making the coffee better. And that's why we receive a lot today and taste it and say, holy crap, this is an amazing La Tortuga. Probably, I think the lot we have in our hands today is the best one we've had in in the last five years. And what can the guests at our coffee bars look forward to when they order a cup of Tortuga? So there's um, there's a couple different things. Uh, we're excited to say uh, that the first arrivals of Tortuga have been so good we had a hard time deciding which lot we wanted to release first. 
uh, and we had arguments and debates about it until we, we finally settled on one, realizing that there was uh, fortunately in this particular dilemma no wrong answer. Uh, the one that's out now is defined for us by a very cane sugar-like sweetness and a citric character. We find uh, things like lime, sweet grapefruit were coming up in the in the list of descriptors. And it's, you know, it's a coffee that has a, a very clean, clear, tropical taste. It's, um, I would say, of the two lots, the one that uh, succeeds based on its uh, its extreme clarity and high fidelity presentation. And then the second lot, which will be falling, um, I don't know, in depends how quickly everyone drinks this La Tortuga, but probably sometime in, um, in late July or August we'll, we may move into that. And that one uh, is a great counterpart to Lot 1 because it's defined more by apple and tamarind, these tangier um, malic acid fruits, brown sugar and, um, and honey and molasses. And one of them is a little more crystalline and... Um, and bright, and the other one's a little more um, dense and complex. They're both gorgeous coffees. We're, we're fortunate to have them, and I don't know. I guess uh, you know, I'm, I'm stoked to say that lot one is in production, and you can come and drink it uh, at your leisure. Uh, but I'm also impatient now because I, I know I'm going to have to wait for another three months to start drinking lot two. And you know what? I, I failed to mention, um, based on the cupping notes, at least. Lot three was actually the the favorite of the group, so that one hasn't even arrived yet. It should be in uh, in the doors in the next couple of weeks. So there's a lot a uh, lot of fun to look forward to. Lots to look forward to for over the next few months. La Tortuga Honduras, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. That's it for La Tortuga Honduras Buyer's Notebook. I'm Michael Sheridan. That was Jeff Watts. Thanks to Andy Atkinson for producing this episode. 